This week, we have made a donation to an organization called Direct Relief. The mission of Direct Relief is to improve the health and lives of people affected by poverty or emergencies without regard to politics, religion, or ability to pay. Most recently, they have been helping communities affected by the Haiti earthquake um, and also Hurricane Ida. Direct Relief's assistance programs are tailored to the particular circumstances and needs of the world's most vulnerable and at-risk populations. This tradition of direct and targeted assistance provided in a manner that respects and involves the people served has been a hallmark of the organization since its founding in 1948 by refugee war immigrants to the U.S. I'm sure we've all been seeing what's happening with Hurricane Ida, and I'm sure many of you have seen the devastation in Haiti um, after the earthquake. So we thought that this would be a perfect time to donate to Direct Relief since they are providing so much aid to those people in need, and we hope that you will join us. Previously on Harry Potter and the Anxious Millennials... You have to, like, use the spell. You have to be like, Legilimens, which is how Alan Rickman does it, right? So you couldn't do it with my passerby. (laughs) I mean, you could, but they would just know exactly what you were doing. A muggle. Um, And then the the thought you're always hearing is like, what the fuck is that guy doing? (laughs) What did he yell at me? (laughs) He said, what? Oh my god, I'm so red. It's so hot in here. <laughs> You're um, drinking, honey. The so wine. Oh no. Don't do Please this. Don't. Please no. I'm just unbuttoning one. I was very warm. <laughs> so Dumbledore looks at Hermione and he's like, what we need is more time. And then he does a couple, you know, like dance moves. Time snaps. time steps. You know, yeah, just, you know, like I'm <laughs> and doing And then he shuffles pun. right off to Buffalo. <laughs> and then he does a box square. He does a triple Cincinnati and poofs into smoke. <laughs> um, so he... <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I'm drunk. Okay. Clearly. Yeah, we know you are. So Dumbledore. You're just now thinking that. Albus. More like Albussy. Bussy. Hey guys, I just want to say this is some really good rosé. Welcome to Harry Potter and the Anxious Millennials, a show where we delve week by week into each chapter of the Harry Potter series. Here we are. It's the end. Hello, Allie, and hello, Ari. Hello. So this is the end of the movie. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Crazy ex-girlfriend, Josh Groban. And I just want to say how deeply happy I am that we're here. Because every week we keep making it through. Swerving. Twerking. Time to say goodbye. Also, Josh Groban. 
And it's hard to say goodbye, my love. It's hard to see you cry, my love. Not hard Josh Groban. Open <laughs> up that door when you're not sure what you're going for. Turn the wigs around. Turn the wigs around. Okay. Um, this week we read chapter twenty-one called Owl Post Again. It's chapter Allie. twenty-two. Allie. This week, we read chapter 22 called Owl Post Again. What happens in this chapter? Harry leaves Hogwarts for the summer. Yeah. Things are resolved. <laughs> a, a, a bow is tied. A resolution yeah. chapter. Yeah, a couple bows. Yeah. A denouement. A denouement chapter. Yeah. So Harry and Hermione uh, are like, well, we we have 10 minutes. We have to get back to the hospital wing. Now I'm thinking of the mix CD that Allie made me at the end of eighth grade. Oh, yeah. And put a picture of myself on it. <laughs> yes. On the CD? Yeah, because yeah. my dad had like a, you know, like a CD printer oh, at work. Oh, right. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it was your mix. Also, I guess this is a good time to reveal that Allie's dad is Bill Gates. I guess this is a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Really sorry, your parents just got divorced, Allison. Let that out of the uh, let the worms out of the can. Now's a really good time to reveal that uh, I've been in a relationship with Mark Cuban for the past five years. They changed Allie's last name to Rick Tammer so no one would ever know, but Adam just mm-hmm. told the world. I can't believe I shared that. There's a sniper, tra- like laser, trained on my forehead right yeah, now. Yeah, right now. I, I can it. see it. <laughs> say, your, say your last words. This is really awkward for me. Owl post again. I didn't again. want anyone to know. <laughs> I didn't know anyone to know I'm incredible. <laughs> My parents are incredibly wealthy and didn't want to give me any of that money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I live in South Bend, Indiana because they wanted nothing to do with me, but yeah. I am Bill Gates' daughter. Uh, <laughs> they've given me Bill- so little money that I need to benefit from the Bill and Melinda Gates also, Foundation. Also, Billy and Mindy. We literally just on a previous episode were talking about Allie's dad, Bob. So this <laughs> is so stupid. Bobbert, Bob. A nom de plume. <laughs> oh goodness. Her dad, Robert Galbraith. <laughs> Stop. No. No. How I dare you? I should have said that instead of Bill Gates. I like this How dare better. You. I know. RJ RJ said I should have said Robert Galbraith was the one who wrote our negative review last week. <laughs> oh yeah. Well. I didn't think about it. Uh, the cuckoo is calling, my friend. Um <laughs> So Harry and Hermione have to book it to the hospital wing, but they hear voices. So they like are like, oh, stop. And they flatten themselves against the wall. And it's Snape and Fudge. And I have to say that Snape has some fucking nerve to be talking ill of Professor Dumbledore in this moment. Because like, I don't know, Professor Snape literally owes Dumbledore everything. Like he would be in Azkaban with Sirius were it not for Professor Dumbledore. So... I uh, I take issue with this. I understand that Snape is is having a temper tantrum, but I just don't like this. Um, this is again how I don't understand how people are like pro Snape. 
Like, he's not grateful. He's not, like, there's no remorse. Like, he only just was liked a girl, and everyone was like, well... What more can we ask for from a man? Well, I guess let's that's forgive true. him for can... everything. <laughs> yeah, the bare minimum. Not even the bare. It's not even the bare minimum. It's still below the floor. Society He's... is to blame. Our patriarchal yeah. society is to blame. That's the answer. He's yeah. truly an unforgivable twat. Um, yes. So one of the three unforgivable twats. <laughs> Who are the other two? Umbridge. <laughs> I... uh... Umbridge and Filch? I don't know. No. Fenrir. Fe- yeah, probably. Even Voldemort is more forgivable than those three. I'm going to say, no, my third is going to be Bertha Jorkins. See, I don't know what she does, so I really don't know. Why. Really? It's not Bellatrix? No. No. She was like... Tortured no, I'm joking. for information. I'm, I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm oh, not. Okay, I'm not okay. being serious. I was like, no. wait, <laughs> making a joke about Bertha. My my third one is the Korean woman Nagini that we all know and love. My, <laughs> you know. my third one is Hagrid's drinking problem. <gasps> <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, my Hagrid. third is Joe Rowling. That's the third unforgivable yeah, yeah. person. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Um, they're running. What's the deal with Dumbledore locking the door just so that he can say that the door was locked and they couldn't have gotten out? Yeah, I guess. I I, I don't know. And I also really hated our Harry. (laughs) Literally, I got so annoyed. Harry was like, what happens if we don't make it back? And Hermione was like, I don't even want to think about it. And then that's it. And I'm like, no, but what would happen? Like, we, I've gotten no explanation as to why we have to make it's, it back by this point in time. Yeah, I just, that's what, it's like, you wouldn't be able to make it back in, but I don't know, Hermione, did you not just literally use Alohomora like Alohomora. ages ago? Also, he magically, it's not like he was like, and I'm going to cement block this wall so that you yeah. will not be able to like get in or out. I don't understand. <laughs> I just didn't like that line because I was like, Joe doesn't know what the what the yeah, what yeah. she wants to say. So she was like, we gotta wrap. I'm wrapping this up. That's what I'm saying. Like now when I reread these books, there's so many moments where I'm like, it's very clear to me that like Joe didn't know what to do. Like I, I'm always just like eye rolling at her not knowing what to do because it comes through within the characters where I'm like, yeah. I'm not even mad at the character right now. I'm mad at you, yeah. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> this is bad writing. I mean, mm-hmm. she, this is like her, in Joe's defense, God, help me. In no. Joe's defense, this is like. <laughs> Every time you her, say that, you have to take a shot. <laughs> yeah. And by that, I mean a gun to the head. <laughs> a bullet. <laughs> a bullet. Um, I, I will say, like, this is her third book she's ever written in her life. Like, we, I don't want to, I don't want people to assume that I'm, like, holding her to, like, uh, a Dostoyevsky standard like obviously sure, this sure, is not sure. the same situation but there is just like I I really have trouble with like it feels like the editors just didn't push her or like edit in any way like I don't know that that kind of stuff where it's just like oh an editor should circle that and be like oh I just had some questions or like maybe you want to elaborate on this or something and it just feels like no one did that and so then I was like 
what's the editor doing? Just checking commas? Like, what are what's happening? Yeah. I also don't know what a publishing editor does. I'm going to make that very clear right now. No, they do those that exact thing. That's exactly what they do. They're supposed to be like, this t- took me out. This bumped me. Um, obviously, yeah. typos and corrections and stuff like that. But yeah, that's exactly what they're supposed to do. And I would also yeah. like to add to that that I feel like I wouldn't be as critical of her if she wasn't trying – I, I, I've said this before, so I know I'm repeating myself, but like the fact that she retconned stuff so much or like if you did confront her about it, she would be like, oh, yeah, like that's exactly what I meant to do. And it was very intentional. And I'm like, bitch, no, it wasn't like it, it wasn't. And it's clear with now going back and reading it. That's the impression I get that it's like yeah. you really just didn't know. And I feel like if she was a little bit more comfortable being like, you know what, I was figuring it out as I went or like. You know, there's yeah. some things that I look back on now and could have written differently or like it would have been better if I did right. this. Then right. I would be like, OK, thank you. But it's just it, it, the way that she kind of has this like uh, maybe I shouldn't say nose in the air, but like that type of vibe about it that mm-hmm. to me feels like almost a defense mechanism. She's like I'm like 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 she's beyond reproach. Like you can't. Yes. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. girl, that's exactly why you should be like, yeah, there are some things I could have done better. Like, yeah. I'll Come be honest, on. though. I feel like we've enabled that behavior. Enabled. 100%. Who, the, Her, the fandom? Yeah. Because I, I just think that as the fans- fandom, the media, like everybody being like, the Harry Potter books are the why the world has its highest literacy rate of all time. <laughs> and it's like, so we're giving, so we're telling this one woman JK that she's Rowling, Thank you. <laughs> thank like, you for saving our children from being illiterate. <laughs> I think that just like anything that if you don't take a critical eye to something, and I think it's particularly because it was something for children mm-hmm. that it was it yes. was like a thing that got so many children to to read and to be excited about reading that I think that people didn't want to take away from that. And I think mm-hmm. that it created That's this kind of like in itself. aura of like untouchability to mm-hmm. Joe. And I think yeah. that she also I read an article about her. <sighs> that was just basically talking about the way that she is so particular about the world of Harry Potter and doesn't want to give up any type of control over it. Like she wants to have complete control over the way that it's perceived over like what's being said and done about it. And that like, she can't give up her grip on it. And it's like, I'm not trying to forgive or excuse her, but I do think that we've absolutely like, the fandom bears responsibility for w- what's kind of happened. Sure. Yeah. But I agree us with three, that. us three do not want to be a part of that. That's the whole reason why we made this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> to be like, we I really mean, love this, but also we see like the issues within it as well and think they need to be addressed. Are you guys yeah. wearing the same color? It looks like the same color on my end. Mine's a little bluer. I think, yeah. Than oh, okay. Um, I, yeah, we definitely created a monster in that the reason she felt that the, she could go openly be a turf and then not have to ever apologize or anything for it is because we were like, there was no, there was no criticism of JK Rowling until like 
four years ago, like when she started doing when, like yeah. weird stuff where it was yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. I remember when, like, she was like Dumbledore's gay, and people were like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, good, important." Yeah, it's like looking back, I'm like, I guess it's it was it was also hard because at that time there was just no. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I was like, I was representation. Yeah, I was definitely one of those people that was like, "Oh my god, I'm so glad that she came forward and said this." But then, like, after a while, after like the shock or like the initial excitement wore off, it was like. Wait, but then why wouldn't you literally just let him be an openly gay character? It's weird to afterwards be like, oh, and he's gay. I mean, there was was zero percent risk in it at that point. Like she she already had, you know, more money than anyone should. She had more. She had almost as much money as my dad, Bill Gates. And (laughs) she like there was just as I call him at home as 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 my papa. Like, she wasn't really doing anything at that point, you know, It's because it's like it wasn't going to affect her success or the success of the books, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. I think my first, the first time where I was like, I don't think she knows what she's talking about, was either when she was like, Harry and Hermione should have ended up together, which was like, yep. Girl, what? Oh my god, I will never forget that when I heard that she said that. I was like, girl. When they cast in Cursed Child, they cast um, a black actress as Hermione Hermione. Mm -hmm. and she was like, I always saw Hermione as black and I was like, bitch, no you didn't. Don't say that. Don't say that. Say, I love that it can be interpreted this way. I never really saw it this way in my head because of my preconceived notions about race. But like, she will never say something like that. She will never, her like ego will not let her say something like that. And I'm like, and this is why I will be even more critical of you. (sighs) The Hermione thing made me so mad because I was like, if you saw Hermione as black, there is no way you would have not described her as black in this book series. Yeah. Then why did you cast Emma Watson in the film? Yeah. I, um, and replace Lavender Brown with a white actress. We haven't even gotten there yet. I can't wait to talk about that in the, what's in the movie? Actually, the, this movie, the Black Lavender Brown is in this movie. Is she um, black in the books? Or does she no, just, it's she's, just never said. She's never, it's never said. never said. Yeah. It's never specified. Was that, was The Cursed Child before Fantastic Beasts? I cannot remember the timeline. I think Fantastic Beasts 1 had come out, but I don't think 2 had yet. Okay, so she, at that point, she had also no, already cast Johnny Cursed Depp. Child, Cursed Child was before Fantastic Beasts. Okay. okay. I guess we, I'm thinking, I'm told, probably thinking of the Broadway run. We sold Cursed Child when I was working at Urban Outfitters, and I saw Fantastic Beasts with you, Adam, when I was unemployed. Harry and Hermione get back in bed in the hospital wing and they're sitting there and Madame Pomfrey's giving them a bunch of chocolate. She's feeding them chocolate. And then all of a sudden they hear loud noises and they're like, what could this be? And um, why do people so frequently forget that you cannot apparate or disapparate on Hogwarts grounds? Just so she has an opportunity to say it again. JK herself. It's. And then forget about it in, in Fantastic it's, Beasts 2. It's just wild oh, to yeah. me. Who is it? Dumbledore does that? Maybe it was after Dumbledore became headmaster. 
people have to be reminded so often. And I just feel like once you hear it the first time, why do you need – why does Cornelius Fudge not realize that you can't disapparate on the ground? Yeah. Fudge should know. What? I also – sorry. I also just don't understand how – I don't know how Snape doesn't know Hermione has a time turner. Okay, yeah. I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up. I that so much. I was going to bring that up when – yeah. When, when all the Dumbledore teachers makes have his to comment. know? Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, I had that same thought. I was like, mm, wouldn't he it know even, she has the time turn? Even, like, I guess, yes, he, I guess, yes, um, Cornelius Fudge is, like, the Minister of Magic, so I guess he doesn't need to know. But, like, Time Turner seems like such massive magic that it would have to go through, like, ministry levels of, like, yeah. Get acquiring it, and you I know, don't under. I, I I think that I I honestly, and I wrote this in my notes because when Dumbledore says like, "Do you honestly think that they could be in two places at once?" The entire faculty has to know about this because otherwise they would be like, "Well, how is Hermione in your class at nine a.m. when she's in my class at nine a.m. too?" Yeah, like they yeah. would have to be informed of it. It's ridiculous that like yeah. Snape wouldn't know and wouldn't catch on to what Dumbledore was saying in that moment. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually hate that she has Dumbledore say those exact words because I mm-hmm. was like, it's too, it's too on the nose. Cheeky. Yeah. Yeah. It's too, it's too on the nose. And like, you wink, wink. That is, that is yes. Dumbledore's MO, but also like, it's so too on this want, moment. What, do you want Sirius to die? Like, yeah. or do you want Harry and Hermione yeah, to like be expelled? Yeah, you want Hermione to get expelled, the best student at Hogwarts to be expelled right now by <sighs> Severus Snape? So- like, yeah. Um, so Snape is literally losing his mind over the actions of a 13-year-old. He's yelling at Harry like he's kind of never yelled at him before and is like, tell me what you did. Tell me, where is she? And um, <laughs> and Dumbledore and Fudge are like, dude, you got to fucking relax. Like, there's no way that Harry could have done this. He's been locked in here the whole time. Um, and then Snape like whips his capes and walks out of the room and Fudge is like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you need to do. The cold never bothered me anyway. Yep. That's exactly (laughs) what he does. Fudge is like, that man is imbalanced. Maybe send him in for a psych evaluation before he returns for the next school year. (laughs) Stupid. Um, into the wall. Like I know how close <laughs> your chair is to the wall. <laughs> I also felt like I was walking away like a Muppet. Like I looked like not real at all. Like I was like, okay, sorry. Um. So Fudge is like, I can't believe he got away from me again. And I'm like, I can because you, Alohomora opened can. the window, so I I can believe that you didn't <laughs> Just, really do a good. This man is grossly incompetent. He's grossly yeah. incompetent. How does he not get like called for, or how does re? How does he not get recalled before? Uh, Voldemort yeah, pops. Yeah, back where's up. this? Where's this? Uh, like, where's the Caitlyn Jenner running against? Uh, oh my god. He's a real Boris Johnson. Yeah, if you you live in California, please vote in the recall election. Jesus Christ. And vote for Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) No, vote for Gavin Newsom. I don't like Gavin Newsom either. No, you don't want to recall. Vote no to recall. Vote no, you do not want to recall. 
Um, so Dumbledore's like, you're gonna you're gonna make the Dementors leave, right? And Fudge is like, yeah, maybe I'll put dragons there. No, don't offer that up if you're not going to deliver. I wanted dragons at the gates of Hogwarts. We kind don't- of get dragons in the next book because of the tournament, but that's not what he's saying. I also just I I don't know if I should talk about this now or later. We have spent an entire year where we are like on the hunt for Sirius Black. And three months from now, no one is talking about Black. No one is thinking about Sirius Black. So much so that we've decided to host the Tri-Wizard Tournament at Hogwarts. Hogwarts. This is a 180 if I've ever seen one. However, to rebut my own theory, I will say this feels very ministry- Daily Prophet working together to spin this whole thing out of existence to forget that Sirius Black happened and to just be like, it's Olympics! The Olympics are happening! Forget about it! The Olympics! Wee! I'll tell you, I forgot about everything else when when this year's Olympics were on. Yeah. This is true. She forgot about this podcast. I said Delta who? Are the Olympics over? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's three weeks. Three weeks. Um... Harry, Ron, and Hermione leave the hospital wing the next day. It's after exams. They're lazing about the grounds. Hagrid comes to talk to them and is like, "Um, I know, you know, Sirius escaped, so I shouldn't be happy, but I just can't believe Buckbeak got free. I was worried because I thought Lupin might eat him, but Lupin's like, I don't, I didn't eat anything. How would Lupin remember? You're telling me that he has memories as a werewolf of what he eats? He didn't have a big old poop in the morning. I was like, oh. I don't buy this. Didn't eat anything. I don't like this. And Harry's like, wait, what? And Hagrid's like, oh, you haven't heard? Severus Snape told everyone. Remus Lupin's a werewolf. Once again, Snape is the worst. Remus Lupin is now unemployed and, like, basically has to go into hiding because of Severus Snape. Well, when you consider the uh, HIV-AIDS allegory, he's essentially just outed Lupin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Basically, in 2016, Joe Rowling was like, hey, you want to know something you didn't know? And people were like, yeah, we we still like you. Go ahead and tell us. (laughs) We haven't canceled you yet. We haven't canceled you yet. Um, now in a new collection of stories, fleshing out the Potterverse for those of us in the non-wizarding Muggle world, Rowling has explained Which is, once I'm sorry, more: is is everyone? Everyone? There's there's only correct. one world, and it's the Muggle world. Okay, yeah, this is a fictional place. Rowling has explained once more that the lycanthropy of one character, the beloved if doomed Remus Lupin, spoiler alert, sorry, was in part a metaphor. Also, he dies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, was in part a metaphor for stigmatized illnesses such as HIV and AIDS. All kinds of superstitions seem to surround bloodborne conditions, probably due to taboos surrounding blood itself, Rowling writes. The wizarding community is as prone to hysteria and prejudice as the muggle one. So am I, said Joe. I'm just kidding. Um, And the character of Lupin gave me a chance to examine those attitudes. As with her. Okay, fine. 
this article just quoted a tweet that was like some people making fun of it. <laughs> Somebody said, JK Rowling reveals Fred and George Weasley a metaphor for an Israel Palestine two state solution. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. So, oh my God. I think at the time there were like, it was more mixed. The I'm seeing now that there was some people who were like, this isn't great. But like, I think other people were like, wow, this is like a cool. Not cool, but like an interesting allegory to go with. And like, it is important to look at people's attitudes toward blah, blah, blah. And I just want to caution the readers now that like, maybe it isn't as cool as you think. And maybe it could have just, and it maybe it could have just been that, but she, she's saying it now makes it like a thing that I have to like, think about. It's more interesting if I can read something and be like, you could view this in this specific direction. And then I, the reader, can decide what I want to do with that information. Very heavy handed about it. It's now a problem because you're like, oh, by the way, Lupin was gay. LOL. I shouldn't (laughs) say that. HIV, people with HIV and AIDS do not necessarily have to be gay. I shouldn't say that. Um, Well, and he was turned into a werewolf when he was a child. And, and wasn't was it by to... Fenrir specifically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. And like Fenrir's whole thing is that he preys on children because yes. he like wants to build a werewolf army. Right. Essentially, is what I'm deducing from the very little we understand about Fenrir Greyback in this series because we don't get a too terribly much. Uh, give him. me, give me a Fenrir Greyback spinoff. I'm good. I'm actually good. I don't need that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Can you imagine? She's like, I know everyone's been asking for it. So here it is. Grayback, the feature film. <laughs> Bearback. Johnny, who's a, oh God, who's a, produced by Harvey Weinstein. Like Grayback Mountain, starring Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal. Um. It's just troubling because when you don't think through what you are saying, uh, it leads to people asking questions like, what What are you saying about people with HIV and AIDS, Joe? It's one thing to be like, I want to comment on people's attitudes toward HIV, people with HIV and AIDS. You also kill off the only uh, person with HIV and AIDS that we have in this series. So... I don't know yeah. what we're saying there either. Just very interesting and something to think about as we move along. Again, this is all just kind of a sum- summarization of being like, Joe, shut the fuck up. I'm yep. very pro-women speaking, however, not this woman. <laughs> well, what is a woman, Adam? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so Harry finds out that Lupin's resigned and he's uh, absolutely aghast about it. So he's like, I have to go talk to him. So he goes to Lupin's office and Lupin is packing up and Harry's like, I don't understand why you're leaving. Is it because they think that you were helping Sirius? And Lupin's like, no, Dumbledore made sure that they didn't think that, but nobody's going to want a werewolf teaching their children. So it's best if I just leave now. And, yeah, here we um, are. 
And uh, Lupin is like, oh, tell me about your Patronus. And he's like, how did you know? I'm sorry to interrupt you. And Lupin himself in this moment is like, yeah, it could have been t- like I am also I'm a danger to you. So it's like the fact that he I am basic- uncontrollable. Yes, yes, it's giving me that, and I really don't like it because I Adam was the one that told me about the AIDS uh, allegory. I did not know that, so it's really weird with like, especially because I really love Lupin. Like Lumen, Lupin is definitely Great in like character. my top five characters of the book mm-hmm. books, and I it just really makes me upset that like. Because I don't think I would look at, you know, I wouldn't, if she, if she hadn't said that, I wouldn't think these thoughts while I'm reading this part of the book. So and she really just, just fucked it up for, for me. No. <laughs> really mad it, at her. It just, it just also sucks that like none of the other characters seem to care that seem to be upset and think that it's unjust. Yeah. That's yeah. The they're like, oh, is, well. You have like a bunch of people being like, being a werewolf is gross. But then no one else on the other side being like, except for like Harry, Ron, and Hermione, yeah. who not Ron, really, not, not Ron even, yeah, not even Ron, who like sorry, but don't really count. Like it would be, it would have been so nice in this moment for Hagrid to have been like, which is so stupid because as much as Hagrid knows giant. about creatures, yes, <laughs> yes. That's also, how I, I was, I was annoyed when. Before Harry even went to go see Lupin, Hermione's like, well, it seems like there's nothing we can do. I was just like, none of the... Wow, really? This is one moment where I'm like, you know what, Harry, you are doing the right thing in this moment. Good for you. No one else is going to go up and try and talk to him and convince him to stay except you. Rude. Lupin deserves more. He does absolutely deserve more. Um... They talk about his Patronus, and then Lupin's like, well, um, I grabbed this from the Shrieking Shack last night, and it's the Invisibility Cloak. And I'm like, okay, at what point did you grab that from the Shrieking Shack? Before you transform, and then you just had it on your person while you were a werewolf, and you didn't tear it up? I also, this is another moment when I'm like, Harry, you really, again, truly don't deserve the cloak, because why didn't you grab it? You know it's there. Why have you not grabbed it? That's interesting. I just assumed that he ended up back at the Shrieking Shack in wolf form. And then when he became a human again, he was like, oh, here's the cloak. Let me just grab this real quick. I thought he just spent the night in the forest. That's what I've always thought. Isn't the Shrieking Shack like right next to the forest? I think he was Mm -hmm. smoking some doobies with some other werewolf pals in the forest. Puff, puff, pass, baby. I I just assumed he ended up at the Shrieking Shack because that's like where he would have ended up when he was on the ground. No reaction, by the way. None. (laughs) I was still thinking about what I was thinking. It's the still face. The still face experiment. I can't even. (laughs) I'm smiling to it. (laughs) Move on, move on, move on. Oh, you want to have a competition to see who can keep a straight face the longest? No, we it's know you. it's you, Allie. No, we know it's you. Doing this podcast no. with you sometimes feels like a still based experiment. Yeah. <laughs> ha, that ha, reminds ha. me of what happened one time where we were talking about something and she was like, okay. <laughs> That's like that? Okay. Oh, yeah. 
okay, well, you're going to think what you think and I'm going to think yeah. what I'm thinking because okay. I'm right and we'll just not agree and that's fine. I'm a perfect human being. Um, so Lupin gives him, he gives him the cloak back. He gives him the map back. And he's like, you know what? I think your dad would have wanted you to have this. Um, and uh, Dumbledore comes in and he's like, well, bye then. Um, he like doesn't, <laughs> it's very, it's very just like abrupt and just like, okay, well, see ya. There's no like keep in touch. There's no like, let me know if you need a character Wish you reference. The best. It's just yeah. like, all right, well, see you later. Yeah. Let me know if you need a, a rep <laughs> for your next job. If you need me to write a recommendation letter, I'm happy to do that. Um, also, if they are both gay here, there's not like a moment of like, I'm so sorry this is happening to you. <laughs> Society is fucked. Like, this is what I'm saying. I'm just like, Joe, you idiot. Yeah. Don't yeah. say these things if you can't. No. She'd have worse. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't, I, I don't love how Dumbledore treats him, but I also was like, I do buy it because the British hate any kind of like warmth or like Stiff moment of like, yeah, yeah, got it. I'm just going to walk to the gate by myself. But does Dumbledore? Like he seems like the character that isn't, the, one of the few characters that isn't like that. It doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter. There's no reason to analyze this moment because it's just JK like not doing a good job. <laughs> but I'm just, I don't know. I don't know if that adds up for me. I'm like, if that tracks it's just weird it's weird that everyone's like well just go i guess farewell yeah lilas mm -hmm. <laughs> hags, hags. <laughs> have a good h-a-g-r-o-y-l have a good rest of your life <laughs> perfect no he gets back in touch with him. and then oh my god wait I'm sorry, this bitch has the nerve to ask Remus Lupin later to go in under into hiding, or no, I'm sorry, to work undercover. Oh, yeah. I did. As a oh, werewolf. I forgot. Don't that. ask him for anything. How dare you? Excuse me. There is no limit to what Albus Dumbledore will ask another person to do. There is no limit. <laughs> true. There yeah. is true. no limit. I don't know. I would probably do whatever he asked me to. I'd be like, okay, Albus, I'll do it. Um, so we know you would. Lupin leaves, and then it's just Harry and Dumbledore. And I will say before I, I make a couple mentions, I do really love this interaction between the two of them. I do think that... Um, it's, Harry and Dumbledore or Harry and Harry Remus? and Dumbledore. I mean, I, I like Harry and Remus too, but I, I just think that this is the the interaction that we got between Harry and Dumbledore at the end of book two was very lackluster and just yeah. wasn't what I wanted it to be. And I think yeah. this one was a lot gentler, a lot nicer, and I think a lot more of uh, Dumbledore relating to Harry through his past experiences. Um, yeah. There, this is the moment that. that I was talking about that I completely forgot that they have like a solo conversation in this. Oh, book. okay. Well, in the movie, it's him and Lupin. Yeah. Yeah. They change it. Um, the moment in this conversation that I don't like through no fault of Dumbledore and through no fault of Harry, through all faults of J.K. Rowling, is that um, Harry is like upset and he's like, you know, isn't it my fault because I didn't let them kill 
Pettigrew, isn't it my fault if Voldemort comes back? And Dumbledore is like, no, like, obviously you've learned that there's all kinds of complicated consequences to our actions. And then he says, Pettigrew owes his life to you. You have sent Voldemort a deputy who is in your debt. When one wizard saves another wizard's life, it creates a certain bond between them. This is such a fucking throwaway that's like, you can't just say something like this and then move on and then not bring it up again. Because like, yes, it does come up in book seven when Pettigrew eventually dies. But I just feel like when you're talking about one person saving another person's life and then there's some type of bond that forms between them, the amount of times that these characters save each other's lives throughout the books, I'm like, I don't, I don't, okay, then how was Snape able to kill you, Dumbledore? So is there anything that happens where Peter Pettigrew, like, does any kind thing to Harry through the rest of the series? Yes or no? You don't have to get into specifics. You can just say yes or no. Yes. Okay. Like, at the very end. Is it a very big moment, or is it also a throwaway? It leads to his death. Yeah. Leads to his demise. Peter's death. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't say that he does anything necessarily kind to Harry. It's more like there's a he's moment forced of hesitation. into it. Yeah. There's like a moment of hesitation and then like he suffers because of it. Ah. Uh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's just one of those comments where it's like, there are so many implications here and you're just, it's literally a throwaway line that, I, why, why she said that? I don't know. But overall, this is a really great conversation between Dumbledore and Harry. I really appreciate it. Um, I think it's that it's not a throwaway line. I think it's that it, it's written in such a way that it seems like it's way bigger, but then isn't like, if it was like more subtext, I think I would be, I think it would be more exciting to get to whatever that point in book seven is. And then Mm -hmm. look back on this conversation in book three, but because he was like, you and Pettigrew have a vow, have a bond that will never break, and there will be something that happens later down the road in in your favor. By yeah, the way, like she, she could have vagued it up a little bit, a little bit, Carl. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> no sophistication. Like, well, that might come in handy. You never know. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, moving on from that weird wacko bit that I just did. <laughs> Said Dumbledore <laughs> slyly. Uh, I really, uh, and the particular part that I really enjoy is when Harry is like, it was really stupid that I thought it was my my daddy. Like, I, you know, I knew, I know he's dead. And I just like the way that Dumbledore comforts him in that moment because it's always important to have a person when you're like, it was stupid of me to do that. And to have a person to be like, no, it it wasn't. And like, Dumbledore being that gentle person in the moment. To honor very, their feelings. Yeah. It's very sweet and I appreciate mm-hmm. it. I do like that moment. And I don't think Harry is genuinely dumb for like being out of his mind with a thousand Dementors around him and thinking mm-hmm. he yeah. saw his father. Oh my God. No, not at all. An hour after his someone he thought had, was dead since his father died had yes. just come back to life. Like, yes, that layer specifically. Um, oh, they also, the other thing that we should mention is that Harry tells Dumbledore about Professor Trelawney's prediction 
And Dumbledore doesn't, and Dumbledore's like, well, that brings her uh, authentic prediction count up to two. So good for her. Um, so it's the end of, it's the last days of school. Can I say something real quick before we move on from this entire last sequence? Of course. I hate, I hate the name Prongs. I think it's fucking dumb. And I hated that um, he was like, there was like a reference to when he did the um, expecto, when he did the Patronus at the Quidditch match that he was like, oh yeah, I saw that it was uh, a deer then. And I was like, I, or that's how it read to me is that whoever was talking, I think it was Remus that he was like, oh, that explains why it looked like it was a deer or whatever. No, wasn't that? that? I think that was Albus. Was that Dumbledore? Yeah. Mm. Those scenes were so close that I don't remember who it was. I just, I just, I really hate the idea that these four friends were calling each other Mooney Wormtail, Badfoot, Frogs out in the open. Yeah, they do in the <laughs> what the fifth. I know, book? I know, and I truly, if I was another student at that school, I'd be like, Yeah, what the fuck is wrong with them? Like, these yeah. guys are freaks. <laughs> hey, prongs! <laughs> so, they, they're they on the Hogwarts Express. They're going home. Hermione is like, I decided to drop Muggle Studies, so I don't need to use the Time Turner again. Two um, classes is all it took? Apparently. Um, Ron, Ron's like... You gotta come stay with me this summer. I'll use the the felly tone to call you. Um, that's funny. Um, and um, they're sitting on the train. The countryside is going by, and all of a sudden they notice that there's an owl that's trying to keep up with them. Harry opens the window and grabs the owl, and uh, it's a letter from Sirius. So Sirius is like, um, I don't want to tell you where I am, but no one is going to find me. And um, I also just want to mention that I was the one who bought you your Firebolt. Uh, I put out the order in your name, but I took the gold out of my vault. And I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah. That didn't raise any red red flags. You, his account was being tracked. There was like a watch <laughs> on his account for sure. There was no one that was like, why is Harry Potter buying a broom using Sirius Black's gold? Ugh. Not a single person flagged the transaction. Yeah. Where was Visa customer service here? <laughs> we just like to, um, we're calling in regards to a um, suspicious, some suspicious yeah, activity yeah. in your account. Uh, if you could verify the last four digits of your social security number. Thank you so much. And um, where do you normally get gas? If you were to get, that's what they always <laughs> ask me. Where do you get gas? Uh, just. Ugh. Ugh. Um, but uh, Sirius is like, also, sorry that I scared you last year. LOL. I just meant to look at you. <laughs> and uh, it seems like I clearly scared the shit out not- of you. So. You're clearly not a dog person. My bad. <laughs> I also um, really hated, um, sorry, I really hated that he was like, somebody could find this, so I'm definitely not going to put where I am. But hello, Harry, this is from Sirius Black. Like, in the letter, <laughs> it's like, 
I don't think it matters where you are. You just like prove that you have direct contact with Harry Potter. So now yeah, Harry's yeah. going to go to prison. And it's just so weird that everyone was so worried about Black trying to contact Harry or get near Harry or whatever. It's just like the the focus is protecting Harry clearly for everyone at the ministry or everyone involved. And then all of a sudden, like, just like we were saying with the Triwizard Tournament and everything, they're just like, oh, whatever. He's not here anymore. It's fine. Actually, let Harry compete in this tournament, even though he's 14. It's fine. I I am glad that he co- he gets a code name in the next book. Yes. They yeah. call him Snuffles. Catfoot, right? Snuffles. Oh, Snuffles, Snuffles, Snuffles. That's right, that's right. Um, um I, don't think I do really like I do really like that Pidgewidgeon is introduced here because Pidgewidgeon is my favorite magical pet. Out of all oh, the this is the pig? Yeah. This is pig. Yeah. For some He's reason so I thought cute. pig was orange. I don't know why. No. He's so cute. Maybe I was just conflating uh, the orange of um, Crookshanks. Crookshanks. Maybe. Or the um, orange of Ron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ron's hair um, is And then he's like, a BTW, I, uh, I included something that I think is going to really improve your Hogwarts experience. And it's a written statement that's like, I give Harry permission to Hogsmeade. And I'm like, how, how did he know this? Who told him? Well, he had to have known that Harry was getting through, like, that he didn't have permission to Hogsmeade because he was all over the place. I don't know. Crookshanks told him. How did he him. know? No. How did? There's how? Like, that's what I'm saying. He had not He knew Harry was sneaking. How did he know he was sneaking around then? I'm like. I still got annoyed that he was like, sorry, I did see you the night you called the night bus. And I was like, how did you know where he lived? Yeah, sorry. Right. No. <laughs> This is the worst. I think, She's really. I, I think I've spoke to you that night. I'm absolutely sorry. Who's <laughs> <laughs> this character? I oh, you is black. It's him. You know what it's it is. It's black. You know what it is. It's that when Hagrid sees Sirius. In the smoking wreckage of James and Lily's home, he's like, I'm here to take Harry to number four Privet Drive, Privet Drive. in Little Winging. L- Little Winging, Surrey. Just in case you need to know, this is where he's going to be from now on. Yeah. There yeah, is a cul-de-sac like to- around the corner that you could find him in, thir- in 12 years. <laughs> J.K. Rowling is trying to do this thing where she's like, and I'm going to wrap this up real quick and put like a cute little bow on it. And I'm like, you didn't do it. Now I have more questions. Like, mm-hmm. what is this? I also think it, it was not been... satisfying at all. I think it could have been fine, too, if that dog, if he either didn't see the dog or it was just a different dog. Like, I, I just, no one was concerned that we didn't have a perfect explanation of that moment when he called the night yeah. bus. Like, I was like, who cares? Yeah. yeah. At this point, we know it's serious Black. We know the giant dog is serious. We don't have to revisit that. Yeah, he came to the one Quidditch game. <laughs> so it's still so weird. He sat at the top of the stands. <laughs> I just like, Kalise, Kalise, just sitting by herself in a box. Box when do- seats. When dogs like row. sit in the, and, their, and their shoulders are like up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just sitting quietly, enjoying the game. 
Yeah. Um. So weird. Yeah. They get they get off the train and Harry's still holding the letter and Uncle Vernon's like, "What's that?" And Harry's like, "Well, you know, my godfather's a convicted murderer, so don't cross me." And then <laughs> I think that's really funny. And then that's it. That's Ooh, the book. It, bitch. <laughs> that's the book. That's the book. And that's yeah. the book. The book. That wraps up this book. Earlier I was like, I'm trying to read I was trying to read before we got on. And RJ kept trying to talk to me. And I was like, I'm trying to read a book. And he was like, <laughs> Isn't it a bit kind to call that a book? And I was like, I didn't say it was a novel. I said it was a book. (laughs) (laughs) It is a book. All right. Well, that wraps up this uh, series of words. Next (laughs) Next week, we will have no episode. The following week, we will have our film episode. And probably, I'm assuming, the week after that, we will also have a film episode. Because I'm going to assume it's going to be part one and part two again. Okay. Which is fine because I have a lot to debate on this film. So sure, um, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. As always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so that we can get a perfect newt score. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at hpanxious, Instagram at hpanxious, and YouTube at the Ampliverse. You can also connect to us on our Discord server. Check the link in the show notes. We are hosted on Anchor and recorded on Zencaster, so thank you to them both and are a proud member of the Ampliverse. Check them out at theampliverse.com. Thank you, Allie, and thank you, Ariana. You're welcome, Adamana. <laughs> it will happen tonight. <laughs> hey, girl boss. <laughs> yeah, everybody say your favorite our finest joke work. <laughs> our finest work from this book. <laughs> I I still think mine is anything off the challenge. <laughs> the Dementor. Hey, girl boss is definitely the best. <laughs> and hey, as always, boss. touch the Whomping Willow spot. Ooh. Say Knox. Say Knox. Oh, Knox. Discovering Voices, Building Worlds, The Ampliverse.